1041. Good Monday morning, everyone. A cloud of patchy fog. Whataburger opening today. Feels like it's a weather event. Uh, more revelations continue with these Twitter files uh, constantly dropping, and, and it, of course, is what so many of us knew just from observing. The lopsided nature of censorship and and the collusion between uh, folks within our own government, uh, now including Michelle Obama even, and the fact that at one point they created rules within the world of Twitter just to specifically ban Trump, who had not done any—there was no uh, a permanent ban— that uh, was part of any sort of uh, rule within the Twitterverse, and they decided to create one just so that they could have Trump off there forever. You know, the very people who just constantly, daily, hourly, were lying to us, claiming that Russia was attempting to uh, alter the outcome of the election, that the the election interference that was occurring here in this country uh, was Putin. And all along, of course, it's Michelle Obama. It's the Biden administration. It's the FBI. It's people within our own government. They were the ones that were behind the scenes conspiring in order to try and alter the outcome of the election, which... According to at least one study, specifically when it came to the laptop story suppression, uh, did result in Biden winning when he otherwise would not have. There was a a study that was done and they went to some of the closer states that Biden would eke out and talk to Biden voters who were unaware of the laptop story. Uh, or perhaps they had heard of it, but what they heard was the lie that it was Russian misinformation, and there were enough of them that said that they would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known that the story existed, or those who knew that it existed had they known it was true, that enough in these these states that Biden would eke out uh, would have not voted for Joe Biden, that it would have been a Trump win. Some of the... Communication within Twitter showed the Twitter folks joking about the fact that they were coordinating with the FBI in order to do some of this. So we've got that um, in Michigan, and I'm telling you, the left is succeeding at frightening people into accepting election corruption. The election integrity volunteers in Michigan, many of them are refusing to attend a recount after the Democrat attorney general there threatened to prosecute, to arrest and prosecute local activists promoting election integrity. And all they have to do is point to January 6th. 
if anyone thinks that it can't happen here in the United States. There are still two-plus years later Americans sitting some in solitary confinement in Washington, D.C. And so Democrats have examples that they can certainly point to if anyone uh, thinks that perhaps they're just joking or trying to scare people uh, without uh, any bite to the bark. Uh, And they're more than willing to show those bite marks. Uh, the American Transmissions talk and text line 447-KSGF. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update. A new Whataburger restaurant opens for the first time today in Republic. George Lawson has more. It'll have drive through service only. More service options, including dining room access, will be available in the next few weeks. The restaurant is located at 1371 U.S. Highway 60 in Republic. And Whataburger is planning two more locations in Springfield and one in Ozark. Republic police have planned for the expected traffic slowdowns there around the new restaurant. There will be one-way access in and out of that location. A hearing begins today in a case that will decide if the conviction should be overturned for a Missouri man who spent nearly three decades in prison for a murder that two other people have since confessed to committing. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner is backing Lamar Johnson in his effort to vacate his conviction, the Missouri Attorney General's office says Johnson was rightfully convicted and should remain in prison. And two men charged with felony counts of abusing students at a private Christian boarding school near Stockton have pleaded guilty to misdemeanors, and the case against the third employee has been dropped. 46-year-old Scott Dumar, the medical coordinator at Agape Boarding School, pleaded guilty to two misdemeanors and got two years probation. 40-year-old Everett Graves pleaded guilty to one misdemeanor. The case against Chris McElroy was dropped when the victim did not show up for the hearing. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield Stock 104.1. The first alert forecast, cloudy, patchy fog today, high of 45. Patchy fog with a 40% chance of showers and storms tonight, down to 41. Showers and storms tomorrow, 56, then sunshine on Wednesday with a high of 51. Those... uh, Folks that on social media uh, happen to follow, well, I forget the exact name of it. There's there's a number of different um, uh, Facebook groups that are for folks who live in or around Republic. And, and um, it, it, I think it was yesterday or the day before, the there was a posting of what it was Rima there was referring to with the... Um, Traffic and law enforcement is is being very proactive in what is expected to occur with the Whataburger opening. Um, you know, when Andy's opened up there, of and, and Popeyes as well. I, restaurants opening up. I don't care where you are. If it is new to the area, people flock to it. I have, I've heard, and perhaps you have as well. That there are assumptions that. You know, only in southwest Missouri, a restaurant will open up and people will wait an hour and a half in line. And it's just so embarrassing. Uh, you know, only in only in you know, the Ozarks. That's not true. I can tell you, for the brief period, well, I worked in Milwaukee for a few years. They didn't have Sonics up there. There was a Sonic that opened for months. This is in Milwaukee. Months. They had law enforcement out there directing traffic. <laughs> Versus Sonic. Uh, so it isn't something that 
is uh, isolated to uh, the Ozarks, Springfield, this part of the country. It, it happens elsewhere, and I suspect we're going to uh, see it. And then Culver's at some point will open uh, just uh, next door there in Republic, and uh, we'll see the same sort of thing again. But uh, what's that? Are you going to try to get Whataburger no, today? No, I'm not. No. Uh, I, I mean, I, let me tell you. Well, no. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs> I, I get if I guess if I drove by and there were I don't know a decent I you know eight or nine vehicles, but I suspect that it's going to be backed up off sixty, which is you know they've got like I said this whole plan. And if you want Andes or you want Popeyes, there's specific uh, in you know entrance way that they're requiring people to utilize and. And, uh, you know, they're being very proactive about this, which is a good idea because otherwise total chaos would ensue. You've got several the ability to go from one parking lot to the other. And, uh, you know, you just could end up with a lot of very angry people that are blocking each other and and so forth. But I I just I I tell you when I would probably go on the way into work tomorrow uh, because they are I mean, that's their big you know sign says open 24 hours. And so. Uh, as long as they're going to stick to that. I know right now they're just doing drive through for a few weeks, as Rima mentioned. But maybe on, uh, you know, I, I suspect that a quarter after four in the morning, probably not going to be that long of a line. So that would most likely be the time that I would go. But I, I just can't, I I just couldn't manage. I've never had Whataburger, though. Maybe if it's I. All, it's okay. Yeah, I yeah, I, people rave about it, and I but know. I also somebody's rec- probably texting him right now yeah, saying it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I listen. I'm one of these folks that I recognize that sometimes, uh, w- there are memories and nostalgia attached to certain places. I, you know, Gringos and Taco Town in, in Carthage is one of those places where I love. You know, so, and I say to myself, how much of that is just because those were hangout joints in high school and. And uh, I still, anytime I get an opportunity, I get a fridge pack from Taco Town, or I get some uh, cheese burritos, slightly melted from Gringos, and and uh, enjoy those. But then you have somebody maybe that's never heard of it, and, and they're like, "Well, it's okay. I mean, it's good, but I don't see what all the the to do is about." Uh, so I I accept that that's part of it. I love hamburgers though, so I suspect that I'll really like it. Yeah, yeah just not ever had it before. Oh, and you ha- you've had it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I had it in Texas actually. Oh, well, that makes total yeah. sense. So that is going to be happening today, and then a couple others uh, underway, as as Rima mentioned. And uh, it, I, it's going to be. I'm just curious how long the lines will last. Um, you know, is it going to be a week? Is it going to be a month? Is it going to be until Culver's opens up sometime next year, and then it'll all shift to that? And I guess time will tell. That is for sure. All right. Uh, the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. We got Heroes Breakfast this Friday. Yeah. So, you vets, come on out as we broadcast live Friday Scramblers. You're going to get free breakfast. This will be the last one for the year, just for the year, as we are getting close to the halfway mark through December. So, we are going to be open, of course, uh, or they'll be open at 6 a.m. And just come by and uh, get yourself free breakfast with us, okay? It's pretty simple stuff. 
third batch of there's been a third and fourth batch of Twitter files. The third batch of Twitter files. These are, this is the behind the scenes information that Elon Musk is dumping for the public, and it, it really does give you insight as to which political ideology in the country today is supportive of transparency. And the, not just willingness, but the welcome nature, the desire to have a society in which free speech is accepted and which side is not and does not. The third batch of Twitter files published by independent journalist Matt Taibbi revealed Twitter's former lead censor, Yoel Roth, joking about the company's collusion with government intelligence agencies. Taibbi wrote, After January 6, 2021, internal Slack show Twitter executives getting a kick out of intensified relationships with federal agencies. Messages that show Roth lamenting a lack of generic enough calendar descriptions for concealing what he called his very interesting meeting partners. So in other words, they didn't want, they were trying to keep it as secret as possible. And so they didn't exactly want to put on the calendar a meeting with FBI agents. In one message, Roth said, I'm a big believer in calendar transparency, but I reached a certain point where my meetings become very interesting. In response to a colleague who commented, very boring business meeting that is definitely not about Trump with a winking emoji. Roth wrote in another message, definitely not meeting with the FBI, I swear. The Slack messages offer more evidence of explicit coordination between the government and Twitter to censor conservative accounts. The second batch of Twitter files published by independent journalist Barry Weiss on Thursday revealed the lead of the company's strategic response team, SRT, a group designated to run the platform's shadow ban operations, was a former federal intelligence operative by the name of Jeff Carlton. The team's head was previously an analyst for the CIA and the FBI, according to a since-deleted LinkedIn page. These people are such scum. Such low-life deviants. You just look at how in bed they are. Those of you who are, I don't know, retirement, baby boomers that were Democrats as young people and have adhered to that ideology, do you not remember what it was, the, the folks that you protested while in college? Do you not remember sitting around talking about the evils of the FBI and the CIA and the government? And here, you all have become lapdogs of these agencies. They say jump, and you beg them to tell you how high. And then they've got your mind so twisted, you think it's cool. Look, it's so cool, man. The FBI, look, we got to think of something clever to put on our calendars because they come a-knocking and we say, how wide do you want us to open this door, masters? This week, Twitter CEO Elon Musk also revealed the company's deputy general counsel, who played a key role in the suppression of the Hunter Biden's laptop story, was a former general counsel of the FBI. 
course, we know weeks before the 2020 election, they uh, colluded with folks in the government and, of course, had many of them hired on in order to suppress the story. By the way, uh, McCarthy has vowed, should he become speaker, that he is going to subpoena 51, all 51 of those former intelligence, current intelligence CIA operatives who collectively came together writing that letter claiming that the laptop story had all the earmarks of misinformation. And I'm sure that if they comply, they may not, because they will not fear any sort of Steve Bannon treatment, a.k.a. prison time, that they will just say, hey, that was our opinion. Which, which is frightening in and of itself, that you would have 51 individuals that all were that incompetent, that bad at their job. These are intelligence analysts, and they all got duped and fooled, which we know, by the way, is total BS, because the FBI had the laptop. So they knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. Coming up, Twitter files reveal that Trump ban came after Michelle Obama was among those pressuring Twitter to suppress free speech. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Former President Donald Trump banned from Twitter the day after former First Lady Michelle Obama and others demanded the company, quote, permanently remove him, according to the newest Twitter files installment. And, of course, the good servants at Twitter said, okay. On Saturday, CEO Elon Musk and journalist Michael Schellenberger released the fourth batch of Twitter documents that show internal communication by the company executives between January 6th through the 8th of 2021, including and shortly after the riot at the Capitol building. Among the files, Schellenberger reported internal and external pressure, including from the former first lady, fell onto the company, calling for Trump to be banned from using Twitter. I guess when she was talking about when they go low, we go high. Is this what she meant? Using your power... Because of who you married. To suppress the ability of Americans, in this case a former president, to utilize a platform to communicate his message out. Is that, is that, is that the, the high road that she always spoke of? Obama wrote in a lengthy statement posted on Twitter January 7th, now is the time for Silicon Valley companies to stop enabling this monstrous behavior and go even further than they have already by permanently banning this man from their platform, putting in place policies to prevent their technologies from being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection, spoken like the wife of a dictator. She added, quote, and if we have any hope of improving this nation now is the time for swift and serious consequences for the failure of leadership that led to yesterday's shame. Now, just so there are. There's no confusion here when she's talking about holding people accountable, she's not referencing Nancy Pelosi, who blocked the National Guard from coming in to help. 
She's not talking about Nancy Pelosi, who still the January 6th committee is not allowed to question regarding the January 6th events and what it was that she did or did not do. Despite what we're told was all sorts of evidence that something was going to happen. In addition to the former first lady, the Anti-Defamation League, among several other prominent people and organizations, called for Trump's ban. On the morning of January 7th, then-Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey wrote an email to employees instructing them, quote, to remain consistent in its policies, including the right of users to return to Twitter after a temporary uh, suspension. The files also showed Twitter maintained a policy called public interest exceptions where elected officials were not banned as there was a great public interest in their comments, even if they seemed to violate other policies. While Trump's temporary suspension was lifted, the second policy was specifically and intentionally ignored. In Trump's case, it's been reported Dorsey was also on vacation at the time of Trump's ban. Schollenberger reported that Dorsey was on vacation in French Polynesia the week of January 4th through 8th. The chief executive delegated much of the responsibilities to senior executives, including former Twitter head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, and former head of legal policy and trust, Vijaya Gade, who Schellenberg points out were, quote, overwhelmingly progressive. Schellenberg also reported in 2018, 2020, and 2022 96, 98, and 99% of Twitter staff's political donations went to Democrats. Schollenberg also reported that Roth, in 2017, tweeted that there were actual Nazis in the White House. Now, what we would learn from the fourth Twitter file drop, which we'll get to here after we get a traffic update look at the weather, is as Dorsey at one point was pointing out, listen, we got to hold, we have rules. And we have to apply them equally to everyone. That wasn't enough for people like Michelle Obama, former FBI, former CIA officials, and those within the Democrat Party and Democrat activists. So what we begin to, what we see with the Twitter files part four is the changing of the rules so that they could specifically ban Donald Trump. Here's a traffic update. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Cloudy with patchy fog today, a high of 45. Patchy fog with a 40% chance of showers and storms tonight, down to 41. Showers, storms, 56 tomorrow and Wednesday. Some sunshine with a high of 51, Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, we have a lot of rain in the forecast this week. And, of course, we had it last week as well. And maybe you've noticed some leaking in your roof. Maybe you noticed some yellowing on your ceiling. And you're thinking, I don't know, since it's wintertime, can I have a roofing company come out? Can they actually put a roof on for me? Well, The answer is yes. Josh with the Pyramid Roofing Company, he joined us on Friday and explained exactly how roofing in the winter works. So if you miss that, you can hear that conversation at ksgf.com in our podcast. But if you do find yourself in that situation of, oh no, my roof is leaking, I've got some yellowing on my ceiling, I've got dripping, what do I do, who do I call? The Pyramid Roofing Company is the company for you. Now they can come out, give you a free estimate, get on your roof, take tons of photos and videos, and maybe you don't need a whole new roof. 
whenever they get up there and assess the situation. Maybe you need just a roof repair. Either way, the Pyramid Roofing Company, they can get you on their schedule and get your roof fixed before we move into that colder weather. Now, you can find all the contact information for Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. The fourth entry into the ongoing Twitter files series of explosive revelations dropped Saturday night, part four in the series focusing on the removal of Trump from the social media platform. The latest thread, published by writer Michael Schellenberger, details the process that Twitter executives took as they were building the case for a permanent ban against the former Republican president. Schellenberger wrote, on January 7th, Twitter executives created justifications to ban Trump, sought a change of policy for Trump alone, distinct from other political leaders, and expressed no concern for the free speech or democracy implications of a ban. Schollenberger wrote that following the Capitol riot on January 6th, internal and external pressure mounted against Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey to enact the ban. As late as January 7th, he noted Dorsey had emailed employees saying Twitter needs to remain consistent in its policies, including the right of users to return to Twitter after a temporary suspension. Yet, by later that same day, Dorsey had apparently approved a, quote, repeat offender for civic civic integrity policy, according to internal documents revealed by Schellenberger. The new approach would create a system where five violation strikes would result in permanent suspension. Trump was subsequently banned from the platform the following day due to what Twitter said was an alleged risk of further incitement of violence. Schellenberger said that the only serious concern current Twitter employees could find regarding the ban on Trump was from a, quote, junior person in the organizations whose complaint was tucked away in a lower level Slack channel. The staffer wrote, quote, this might be an unpopular opinion, but... One-off ad hoc decision like this that don't appear rooted in policy or, in my opinion, a slippery slope. This now appears to be a fiat by an online platform CEO with a global presence that can gatekeep speech for the entire world, which seems unsustainable. And, of course, that concern was ignored. What I would like to know is... With whom Jack Dorsey spoke between the time that he put everyone within the Twitter world behind the scenes, those who run it, when he put them on notice that, listen, we have to, the rules, they got to stay consistent with everyone. We cannot violate our own rules just because we don't like Trump and then within a day later deciding to create a new rule that they could use to ban Trump. Who picked up the phone and, and and talked to him? What conversation or conversations took place that made Jack Dorsey decide to do a 180-degree turn on that? Because something, somebody, something happened that made him decide to do that. I, the, the lack of editorials from the media, the lack of concerns about our doc- democracy and, and uh, political suppression. So many of us recall, it wasn't that long ago, that that nut job, Jim Acosta, 
would utilize White House press briefings to try and and build up his own reputation, tried to go viral. And eventually, when he was stepping all over everybody else and yelling questions over other reporters, he lost access to those specific White House briefings. Now, the network didn't, but but they're like, you, you just if you can't play nice, if you're going to scream over other people, if you're gonna, then we're just going to exit you out for a while. Somebody else can come in your place. And you would have thought that Donald Trump had rounded up reporters and thrown them in jail. What a danger, what a chilling effect this has on free speech. How it could actually even put the lives of journalists in danger just for doing their jobs. That he ramps up this hatred. And here you have Democrats within the CIA, within the FBI, elected uh, Democrats, activists, that were all the time. But they had the ability to, working behind the scenes, to shadow ban people, to prevent conservatives from getting their voices out there, having their thoughts heard, working behind the scenes in order to figure out a way to permanently ban former President Donald Trump. They are the true totalitarians. as is fairly consistent with the left, the very things they accuse the political right of doing are their own sins. And because the media outlets, the vast majority of them, be they national or local, are run by a bunch of left-wing cult members, they refuse to see that there's anything wrong with this at all. Well, see, it's different with Donald Trump. See, oh, we believe in free speech, but that's different. We believe in this, but that's different. We believe in that, but this is different. That doesn't count, see. Donald Trump doesn't count. Conservatives don't count. We believe in free speech, but it's got to, of course, line up with what we believe in. Otherwise, it's dangerous. They're posers. They're hypocrites. They are dishonest to the core. And the few that will acknowledge that to themselves quietly keep their mouths shut because they know what will happen to them if they dare open their mouths. Because the thing that they know is that as vile and and f- hatred-fueled efforts that they put forth towards conservatives and Republicans, if one of their own dare buck them on it, the punishment's even greater. I mean, look at what happened to people like Tulsi Gabbard. She might as well be a Russian asset. At least that's what Hillary Clinton has claimed. Meanwhile, election integrity volunteers are afraid to attend recount after the Democrat Attorney General of Michigan threatens prosecution. Well, this is more fantastic news for freedom, isn't it? 
That story next. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447 KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Don't forget all of your home loan needs. I want a great home loan.com. You get three characters. Can't beat that. And it's not just a, a portal where you plug in some basic information simply to get started. There's all sorts of other uh, beneficial information that you could possibly use there in addition to the contact information also. It's a great uh, great page to visit with all sorts of little tips and, and bits of advice, things that you may not have thought of when it comes to uh, home loan. And uh, Alex, Anthony, and Don Carricker all are in it. I mean, they... I don't like to call them hacks, but there's so many different ways different people can get benefits when it comes to home loans that if you go to your big bank and they just do plug in some information and they're like, well, based on your credit score, here's your interest rate and here are the terms and so forth. And, you know, they they may not know things like, oh, uh, if you are a veteran, you have a VA loan that's transferable to other veterans, little things like that that pop up uh, periodically. They keep on top of that so that uh, you have those resources available to you. It's IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com because you do. Uh, On the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line, when I worked for one of the three letters, talking about agencies, in more than 30 case reports concerning foreign interference in our country went unanswered. This would be under the Obama administration and the tail end of the Bush administration. And there's a number of reasons why. You know, the concept of foreign countries interfering in other countries' elections is not anything new. In fact, we openly do it. Obama went to Canada to campaign for Trudeau. Under Obama, taxpayer dollars were used in order to try and oust Benjamin Netanyahu when he was running for re-election during Obama's time as president. We do this. Now, of course, we can argue that our goals are noble while others aren't. Fine. The reason why suddenly election interference was presented as if it was some brand new concept that had never occurred before. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's the first time it's ever happened here in the United States, is because it was something that was concocted by the Hillary Clinton people to use against Trump. We know from notes during a White House meeting that when all of this first started to come up, it was, uh, believe it was Brennan, someone within the CIA, warned Obama, look, the Hillary people are going to be making up a bunch of Russian crap. They knew it was false. Some of you may remember in the 90s, the cash literally Garbage bags filled with cash during the Clinton years coming from the communist Chinese. Some people would go to prison for it, of course. The Clintons did not. There were, there were hearings. They were chaired by then U.S. Senator Fred Thompson of Tennessee. And like most Democrat hearings, we see all of the illegal things that were done, but nobody's held accountable uh, in terms of elected Democrats. 
You, you had, the, the Chinese are constantly, but we're not going to call them out. Why? Because there's so much financial interest at stake. In fact, here is a story in October before the Trump-Biden election. U.S. officials are cautioning that China has stepped up election meddling activities to go after the policy, climate, and counter-condemnation of the Communist Party leadership still grappling with the fallout of the coronavirus, which spawned from the country late last year to cripple almost every pocket on the planet. But how exactly does a government some 7,000 miles away meddle in the democratic process of arguably the world's most advanced country? Christopher White, assistant professor in the Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness uh, Program at Virginia Commonwealth University, said China has been involved in election interference this cycle, both the presidential race and all the way down the ballot. There are very direct election hacking efforts that attempt to either directly or indirectly target the vote by hacking into polling locations, registration databases, etc. Then there are broader influence efforts that are intended to shape the context of the election itself, the issues, the mindset of voters. Despite the uproar that rippled down during and after the 2016 election, which highlighted an array of Moscow-led misinformation campaigns, Facebook has again been thrust into the hot seat, albeit armed with a few more resources, personnel, and knowledge to demur election tampering. Last month, the tech giant announced that it had taken down hundreds of pages, postings, and accounts written in Chinese, English, and Filipino linked to Chinese operatives, but stopped short of pinning any blame directly on Beijing. Well, of course not, because it's a huge revenue source. Moreover, some lawmakers this election cycle have also called into question the role nonprofit foundations and charities have been uh, or have in being misused as a conduit for peddling and prying, namely Senator Kelly Loeffler, Republican Georgia, wrote a top government official last week requesting an investigation into how the communist Chinese party officials use nonpartisan American groups to push out Beijing's message and control narratives for those operating in their country. So th- the point being here is when it comes to all, I, I, I'm telling you, the biggest misinformation propaganda campaign that we at least are aware of that has ever been executed on the American people came from our own government. This idea that up until Trump became president, there was never any attempt by any government to have any sort of influence on our elections And now that it's happened, it's an outrage. I'm not saying that we shouldn't concern ourselves with it, but it's very interesting that we only tend to concern ourselves with it if it's something that we can pin on a Republican, even if it's false. Meanwhile, countries like China, it's not even hidden. Everyone knows that it's going on. But they have lots of money, don't they? And we have a lot of financial interest. And of course, now that somebody's in the White House, that according to what we know from the Hunter Biden laptop, was according to his own son getting 10% of these payouts from countries like China, it gives you a little bit of insight into why it is we certainly aren't hearing about that influence over our elections. An apparent threat 
by Michigan's Democrat Attorney General Dana Nessel to arrest and prosecute local activists promoting election integrity and anti-voter fraud efforts caused many of them to steer clear of a monitoring effort out of fear of being targeted by the government, according to a Michigan attorney deeply involved in the situation. Now, these are the same people who claim that election laws, like what we saw in Georgia, suppress the vote. Even though there were more people, election after election after election, that turn out to vote after those laws are put into place. Here they are threatening to arrest and prosecute people who want to be part of an election integrity effort. Across Michigan on Wednesday, dozens of counties and hundreds of precincts began a recount for two controversial ballot measures that were approved by voters on November 8th. The measure in question, Proposal 2, establishes early voting, expands access to absentee voting, and preempts Republican efforts to enact more stringent voter ID rules. The other measure, Proposal 3, which enshrines abortion rights in the state constitution. The recount was triggered by the efforts of Election Integrity Force, EIF, a group that says it seeks transparent and trusted elections. The effort is unlikely to reverse the proposals, which were approved by comfortable margins. Still, volunteer election challengers affiliated with EIF showed up to observe the recount, requesting access to look for errors or irregularities on ballots and ballot boxes. Daniel Hartman, an attorney in Michigan who's been working with EIF and closely monitoring the recount effort, said that the recount is meant to scrutinize Michigan's election process more so that uh, uh, more so than to overturn the proposals, saying there was a great turnout on Wednesday. There was a, a group of unpaid volunteers who appeared from all walks of life, peacefully assembled with short notice to participate in the process. They got involved because it was the right thing to do. In the meantime, you have the attorney general threatening prosecution with election interference, which kept many of the volunteers away. That's what some might call Suppression. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Time of the year, the holidays, uh, oftentimes hosting events at your home or attending the homes of other people who are doing the hosting. And sometimes it gives you a look around your own home and maybe it's time to do a little floor replacement. We all have floors. We need floors. Maybe yours are worn down or you just need a style update. Floors Plus in Nixa and Springfield, uh, those two locations, 0% financing for 12 months, whether it's uh, hardwood floors, luxury vinyl planking, carpeting, tile, and then, of course, the plus of Floors Plus, uh, uh, you know, tiling, they're real experts when it comes to that, um, particularly for custom-designed showers instead of just that one you know, big fiberglass thing that gets put in. Uh, they can customize it. They're incredible craftsmen. So for all of your floors plus needs, Nixa location, Springfield's location, you can find them under Nixa endorsements at ksgf.com. Coming up, we've got a news update, weather, and Darren Chappell will be joining us. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed.